Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Welcome to the Commonwealth Club. I'm George Hammond, Chairman of the Humanities Forum, which organized tonight's event. Um, and today we have a special uh, direct from Tokyo experience where we're going to talk to Shin Ushijima, uh, a top lawyer there. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He uh, started his legal career as a public prosecutor, uh, then started his own law firm 35 years ago, has built it into one of the premier law firms in, San, in uh, Tokyo. I said San Francisco, no, in Tokyo. And uh, he is also on the board of directors of Nippon Life Insurance, and he is the president of an organization, a nonprofit for Japan's uh, corporate governance structures. And we're going to talk to him uh, in addition to that uh, legal and business background that he has, because he's also a best-selling author and novelist in uh, Tokyo and Japan. And he has uh, not only eight or more novels, but also a large number of uh, legal books uh, that sell. You can see the shelf behind him uh, is, is just his own uh, books, the books that he's created. So um, I thought we would uh, get the view from Tokyo about the experiences that are going on, that we have a worldwide pandemic. We have a lot of other things going on in the world, in politics. Um, and uh, the Commonwealth Club has this uh, great advantage now with the virtual programs that we can talk to any, anyone anywhere in the world and get their points of view uh, to our American audience. So that's what we're doing tonight. And I'm really proud to introduce Shin Ushijima, um, the uh, lawyer that I just described and the best-selling author. Shin, thank you very much for joining us from Tokyo. I feel like I'm speaking to the future because you're, it's already Friday morning uh, in Tokyo and we're still left uh, back on Thursday. Uh, in the United States. <laughs> thank you very much, Joyce. First of all, thank you very much yeah, for the invitation, and it's my pleasure that I have a chance to speak to you and be uh, listened to by the audience. Thank you very much. So uh, let's start um, with uh, one of your novels, and we'll come back to your writing later after we discuss uh, other major topics. But uh, you, have, uh, you have many books in, in Japanese, and the first one that was translated, uh, it was a bestseller in Japan, the first one that was translated into uh, English was the shareholders meeting. Um, and that you had a very interesting idea for that story. You want to tell a little bit about the story and how you, how you came up with the idea for the novel? Yes, thank you very much. The first thing is the, uh, maybe the, I should start with, why did I write a novel at the age of 47? And okay. that is because the, I thought that I've been engaged in this practice of the practicing attorney for 20 years or so. And I have been a, mainly a corporate lawyer, giving advice to the enlisted and the rich people. And but the, by nature of our profession, it's all confidential. So, and I learned some about the actual practice of law, such as shareholders meeting and other, and other deals. So maybe if in the fiction I could write uh, about them uh, as a novel, of course, I cannot write what I experienced and I learned, but I can use those experiences as a basis material for my novel. Then I can speak to the public in general. And that's what yes. I thought of at the age of 47. And moreover, I had one thing that the, uh, uh, has been my conviction. That is, writing a legal brief and writing novels are the same, in the sense that they are prose. They mm -hmm. are prose in the field of uh, literature compared with the poems. And of course, I'm not a poet, and I cannot write poet, uh, poetry, but maybe I can write a novel because I've written many, many legal briefs uh, for 20 years or so. That, mm -hmm. one, that I thought, and then how could I do, uh, do it? Because the, uh, we, we may talk about it a bit more afterwards, but the, I had time because I do, did not have habit of uh, playing golf on Sunday and Saturday. <laughs> and that's why I had rather the free Sunday and the free Saturday, half of Saturday. So I, I had time. And that, I think, is the reason I could write that. The most interesting part is because while, the, uh, as in a trusting attorney, giving advice to the uh, client companies on how the uh, shareholders meeting uh, be processed, 
as a lawyer, some ceremonial aspect is hidden behind the law. Mm -hmm. And that is, in Japan at that time, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about around the uh, uh, two, three years here before the, uh, the change of the century. At that mm -hmm. time, the, uh, although the bubble has burst, uh, bubble bursted yeah, in Japan already, but the, uh, the economy and the business world continued. This is because the uh, uh, collapse of the big bank or the uh, bankruptcy of the big securities firm. So the, uh, the tradition is that the shareholders meeting is uh, conducted by the CEO of the uh, company mm -hmm. and uh, the authority of that CEO who owns, as if he owned the uh, majority right. of the voting right. But legally he could not. And how did he do it? Is because he has a, a through the mutual shareholding, namely company A owns company B's stock and company B's in, a, instead they own the company A's stock. And between mm -hmm. the CEOs, they shook hands and, okay, you, the uh, company A, you uh, exercise company B's stock, my A stock, yes. in the way that uh, we ask you to uh, vote. And that is how the mutual shareholding worked at that time. Uh, but the, as the, being the CEO of the company, he cannot be a, a proxy agent. Therefore, the CEO appointed a certain administration manager or the uh, deputy administration manager level, middle uh, uh, level person to be his agent, uh, to be the agent of the big stockholder who holds stock in behalf of the CEO or the company. Mm -hmm. That has been the traditional way of Japanese uh, shareholders meeting system since 1950, around 1950. And that means that at the time of the shareholders meeting on the spot, that agent owns more than majority of the stock. Mm -hmm. So then the fiction starts. What if that middle-level person thinks that, oh, this president or that this CEO is not good? I can manage it better. Yeah. So he did. It's a great, a great idea, and it takes everyone by surprise. And um, you know, it's it's a, a great setup because of the uh, the lower-level employee that you put in charge uh, was given his notice that he was going to lose his job uh, right just before the meeting. Uh, and then, and then he, instead of losing his job, he takes over the company. <laughs> yes, because or because why he loses his job is because of the burst of bubble, right? And the banks event the uh, collapse, so the they had to shrink, and the, this shrinkage, the bubble, and the burst of bubble is the a big the, the uh, uh, elements of this novel. Because of that, then the uh, top people stuck to the uh, traditional way of doing things as in the shareholders meeting. But the, uh, on the other hand, the, as the, uh, George, you said, that the, that middle-level person was facing the termination of the job. But he, the CEO, thought that he could expect the loyalty of that person. Yeah. And uh, it, it, I think it, it probably was a, a big hit in Japan because somebody uh, stepped out of what he was told to do and instead took over the company. <laughs> right. Of course, uh, it, 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 it could happen because the, uh, it is a fiction in the, in the yeah. uh, area of novel. But the, uh, legally speaking, it was possible. And it was a big shock to the uh, uh, Japanese top business people at that time. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard from anyone uh, uh, who read your novel back then that they said, well, we're going to start doing things differently because we don't want this to happen? <laughs> uh, not the, a specific, specific top person said to, uh, so to me, but the, after that, it's a common sense that the proxy needs to be rewritten and the procedure of the shareholders meeting should be changed. And that had a real effect because from next year on, the Japan, the Japanese company has to have a every one year shareholders meeting. 
and yeah. the, uh, uh, the term of a director during the, those days was only two years. So the, in order to have the, uh, the renewal or the, uh, to be appointed as a, again as a director, that is a, a prerequisite to be appointed as a, a CEO, you have yeah. to immediately introduce the system, new system. That's uh, just uh, a great way of taking your legal work and turning it into a very interesting novel. I thought that was great. So we'll, we'll come back to your other writing later, but I think, you know, you're in such a great position um, to give uh, a, a different viewpoint on what's going on for, for Americans because uh, you were born just a little bit after World War II in Japan. And um, we have this history between the United States and Japan, which of course includes the big war uh, of, of World War II. But the two countries have been working together very well for many, many decades. And that should be surprising, uh, given the history of World War II. So um, why don't, from a, from a Japanese point of view, why don't you talk about the history between America and the United, uh, United States and Japan, going back to, to, say, the 1850s with Commodore Perry and, and how this yeah. worked out? Commodore Perry, Perry. then it, it was 1853. Mm -hmm. He visited Japan, and the, uh, he visited Japan with the uh, four vessels, all the painted black. So the, we, in, in Japanese at that time, called a uh, four, the, uh, four black vessels, uh, black vessels. Mm -hmm. And that opened, pushed open our door. And then after the 13 or 14 years, we started the major revolution. And major revolution for us is the start of the modernization and industrialization. And thanks to that, I think, uh, Japan started, caught up with, and that is, was, uh, timing was very good because the, uh, uh, France had to withdraw from the, uh, the Asian part because of the, the, uh, they lost against the, uh, uh, Germany in the year of 1870 or so, or 71. And then the, uh, you had a civil war. So the uh, Britain uh, and, uh, during those days were the only one big power active in Japan, and we the, learned a lot from the Britain and especially Japanese Navy. But our system, uh, Meiji Emperor, is the admire the uh, British mm. system because the uh, we, he, Britain has the king and we had the emperor. So the in that sense it's similar. And since then the uh, we started the industrializing or the modernizing and the, uh, with the, a lot of assistance, especially financial assistance and technical assistance from the abroad, uh, from developed countries, and of course, including your country, the, uh, the United States. We were successful, even so successful as to win the Russo-Japanese War in the year 1907. We won. Of course, because of the big financial help, we could not fight without that financial help, but we won. And that is a turning point for us. Mm -hmm. Because World War I was not a big issue for us because it's many fought in the Europe. So we thought around that time, oh, we are the one of the five biggest power only next to the U.S., Britain, France, Germany, and us. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, you may count Italy. Uh, then in Japan, we are one of the uh, competitors with the uh, developed countries such as Britain, the, uh, the United States, France, and and, and the uh, Germany was the uh, lost the war, so the Germany was not counted at that time. But so why don't we go to China and mm -hmm. the, uh, invade China? Of course, at that time they did not use that word, invade China. And they tried to be much bigger and bigger. More, let's, they tried to have more power. Mm -hmm. And, but, the China, of course, is should be an independent country, and the uh, I think the the United States was very clear in that sense. China should not be under any country of the imperialism. But we were one of the imperialistic the countries at that time, and the more we the uh, go deep in China, then the uh, we could were. Uh, counter-attacked, of course, by the Chinese 
army supported by Britain. And then the, uh, we reached the point that next the uh, point is, do we continue fighting in China? If we continue fighting, then we have to fight eventually with Britain and the United States. And of course, the uh, Holland and some other countries, but mainly the United States and the uh, Britain. Do we do it or should we not? And the, because of the uh, success or the victory experience in Japan, Japanese army as well as Japanese public opinion were pro for the continuation of the uh, uh, fight in China. Therefore, uh, then the, uh, we were the, uh, 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 sanctioned by the United States as well as the Britain, but mainly by the United States. Then we seriously faced the situation whether we withdraw from China or not to withdraw, that will mean that we have to fight, start fighting against the United States. And we made a horrible decision at that time. That, that means that the attack, the uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, that was a horrible and the, I think the, uh, the stupid decision, but the, uh, the decision was made and the, uh, done. And that is the start of the war, and, but it continued uh, four years. Mm -hmm. On the top of the uh, war against China, which started 1937, mm -hmm. two fronts. And eventually we lost, as you know. Then the, uh, we were occupied by the Allied forces, but mainly by the United States. And we are very happy not to be occupied by the Soviet Union at that, at that time. If we are occupied by the Soviet Union, then the, we must yeah, go through the experiences of the East uh, European countries. Maybe mm -hmm. we are independent already now, but it, took, uh, it must have taken a quite different course. Maybe we were like Czechoslovakia, for example. Yeah. But in any event, yeah, yeah. then now we start. We are the, in the year of 1945. You, and that relates to my novel, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, before that, let me talk about the ADA development from the ruins, real ruins of, of, the, of Japan. And, but happily, we had the other occupying forces, the US Army and Navy. Uh, then the United States uh, assisted us financially and all, all, with food first, food. Uh, we were almost the starving, but with food and finance and techniques. And that is a, a, a and we were the, uh, we had a, a good level of the industry potentially, and we did have some. So mm. we had the basis and the combination of those yeah, uh, led us to a, a rapid growth of economy, which started in the, uh, in the year of 1960. I was 11. Mm -hmm. So my life, is the parallel with the growth, rapid growth of Japan. Then eventual result is the uh, nine, 1985. We reached the stage, at such stage as was the uh, called uh, Japan as number one. Mm -hmm. You remember this the, uh, phrase, Japan as number one. Yeah. And the, uh, that was the, uh, the peak of our positioning vis-a-vis -vis the U.S. United States uh, must have thought, I, I presume thought that, okay, Japan, yes, you were, uh, you've been a good boy and now you are the adult and you are mature now. So the, let's the, uh, deal with you as an equal partnership. And mm -hmm. so did the, uh, the Prime Minister Kishi, who the, uh, uh, agreed to change the uh, uh, securities uh, agreement, mutual securities agreement in the year 1960. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, uh, we were going the rather good way, but we grew, have grown too much, maybe. Mm -hmm. And we reached the, uh, the point, and we have to renegotiate. But the important point is that after we lost the war, our 
military, military force is very limited. And we have self-defense forces, but nuclear weapon, we rely totally upon the United States. And mm -hmm. we are now yet, and in the future, we will continue to rely on the United States because we are good allies. And that is the uh, positioning of, the, of Japan at the time that uh, we reached the days of the Japan as number one. Mm -hmm. So when we re renegotiate, then we have to uh, concede, and we conceded some. And the, uh, so the, uh, some call it, a, uh, it's, it was a, like old Greek historian said, uh, the Thucydides uh, the, uh, trap. I do not. Japan was that big, but in any event, we had to rearrange our relationship. And the one big factor is that we totally rely on the U.S. nuclear weapon. And that is one of the reasons that we have, to, even with some concession on our part, that is a negotiation during the year we started around the 1990s. Mm -hmm. And the, but we had to reach, and we reached a good uh, relationship again, and that is where we are now. You you, you made a very interesting comment uh, the other day when we were talking about um, nuclear weapons and why you think uh, Japan will will not want to have nuclear weapons because of your situation, the island situation. And I think uh, we were discussing that in context with North Korea. So why don't we talk a little bit about North Korea? And, and the threat that it uh, has, and, and how you analyze why North Korea is doing what it's doing. Uh, North, in, in Korea, I, may I? North Korea is doing what they are doing. You mean that why do, do they develop <clears throat> the a, a nuclear weapon? That I understand is because they want to keep independence. Of course, that also relates or the closely relates to the uh, Kim dynasty. But mm -hmm. basically, it is the matter of independence of North Korea. So, in the future, if the country, I think the America, the United States is the only one country who can persuade the North Korea that you, need, you don't need to have a, a nuclear weapon we assure you that you will continue to be the independent country. And when I talk about independence of New, uh, North Korea, I'm talking about independence of North Korea from China. Mm -hmm. If the, the it's, it is the, the, I think to the North Korea, a matter of course, that if they don't have a nuclear weapon, then the, they cannot be, uh, deal with the China uh, in their favor. That should be difficult. It's an interesting uh, angle from, I don't think we, we think about it from that point of view. You're saying that the North Koreans uh, keep the nuclear weapons, not so much to threaten Japan and the United States, but to keep themselves independent of China's control. Yes, my thinking, my, my understanding is that, of course, the, uh, that is a big threat to us. Yeah. Of course. And the and, and the could be a, a threat to your even to the United States if they have a, a good, a well developed a missiles. Right. But one of the biggest and the main motivation of North Korea is a, a, to keep the independence from other part of uh, world emphasis on China. China. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, China and North Korea are the neighbors. It. I think it would be helpful, and uh, we don't have to spend, you know, 500 years doing this, but I think it would be helpful for people to understand why China uh, has uh, the Koreans and the Japanese and the Vietnamese and, and, and other Asian civilizations that are right by it uh, concerned. If we go back 50 years, uh, you know, China was so full of their own internal problems that people didn't worry about them too much. Um, but the situation is no longer the same. So. Uh, even though China hasn't seemed to be militarily interested in very much uh, outside of Taiwan and Hong Kong and Macau, the, the, the uh, parts of former China. Um, but still, it, their neighbors are all nervous. Why don't you talk about that? 
Uh, then talking about China, I think we should come back to the year, year of 1840. Okay. That is the year of the uh, Nanking Agreement. China, by then, China have thought that we are the biggest and the strongest country. Or some says about the Britain and some says about the France. So what? Queen Dynasty at that time, it is from Manchuria, but the uh, Chinese people who are under that uh, uh, Queen Dynasty. And they thought Queen Dynasty, the three great emperors and the Queen Dynasty took it for granted that we are the biggest and we are the strongest and we are the, the, the best and the, most the country which should be most respected. And that is shown in the history of the Britain and China uh, diplomatic relationship. At mm -hmm. first, the uh, Britain had to build China to start the trade long before. Uh, but China suddenly was the, uh, the shown the truth of the, uh, the meaning of the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. China lost war because of the steamship. And uh, they could not win the uh, small number of the uh, uh, British Navy and some part of army. They are mainly from India, because India was a part of Britain at that time. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the, for China, deep in their mind, China should be the great China. And just returning back to the uh, Queen Dynasty, that is my basic uh, understanding of the uh, Chinese people deep in their mind. And, and the Japanese, uh, just for, the, for those who aren't familiar with the history, the Japanese uh, developed their industry, as you were saying earlier, prior, way prior to the time China did. China did not adapt uh, to that, but the Japanese were the first uh, Asian civilization to adapt to the Industrial Revolution and did it very quickly. So uh, we're watching China do it in the last 40 years, you know, and, and, and uh, do it very well. So... But, but that, at the time, in the 19th century, that wasn't true. So it was a shock to China, as you say. Um, but, uh, but prior to that, uh, China always uh, used its influence on its neighbors and, and, and not always in a way that made them feel comfortable. <laughs> yes, but Japan was a, has been an exception because Japan kept independence from China for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, from the beginning. And China uh, has never occupied Japan. Or the mm -hmm. China made a subordinate to the, uh, their country. Uh, Japan has not, not been subject to China at any time. So it, it's Japan interesting because I mean that takes us much yeah, further yeah, back. Yeah. But uh, maybe people aren't familiar with that background too. Is that uh, Japan, uh, with its own civilization in, in say 700, 800 AD, so going back 1300 years, something like that, then uh, got the influence of Buddhist thought and some other Chinese uh, ideas, and that. It was incorporated into the Japanese civilization, and that kind of gave Japan its own flavor. But as you said, the Chinese never actually occupied Japan. Right. They they tried to the in the around the year of the uh, in the twelfth century, but that only one trial and they failed. And mm. because of the sea between China and Japan, so the Japan could successfully and happily and successfully could keep independence from China. All right. So, um, so we covered a lot of history <laughs> that, that may give people a, a perspective on what's going on now. So let's talk about the, the, the virus crisis. We have something that came from, uh, at least was, seems to have come from China first. Um, how, has that influenced uh, people's attitudes towards China or is it just considered an accident and not really a Chinese issue? Uh, the you mean the COVID nineteen and the China, uh, the China and the just uh, from an an emotional point of view, yes. uh, the fact that this COVID nineteen uh, virus came from China, yes. has it made people more uncomfortable with China, or are, do people consider that an accident? You know, it's just a virus; uh, it's just an accident. The first, I think, uh -huh. not uncomfortable with the the, the attitude. And the, but the China uh, reportedly is the, uh, successfully recovered from the COVID-19, and we are yet uh, trying to the, uh, recover. So 
the talking about China vis-a-vis -vis the COVID-19, then I think the economic side is very important. But the talking about the origin of that yeah, virus, then the, uh, we know that that came from China. And that spread around the uh, Europe and the, uh, the America and other parts of the world. But for us, Japan, the effect is rather limited. Of course, mm. we are in the uh, third wave, but a, a, the one figure different. We are rather a, a safer, comparatively safer than the people in the United States and the people in the uh, Western Europe, or the uh, Europe entirely. entirely. Mm. Uh, so the, we do not seriously think that the, uh, China is the cause of that uh, virus. We, we know that. But right. we, we do not generally, Japanese people, do not generally uh, the, uh, criticize them for that reason. Some, of course, do, but not the, a, a big weight of criticism. No, I do not think so. Yeah. And, and uh, do you have any insights into why Japan seems to be handling this uh, difficult virus, uh, especially because Japan is, is a large population on a small island, so there's a lot more in a, in, a, in a very urban civilization, which is where usually the hot spots of the virus are. But but what what parts of Japanese culture or the Japanese uh, government's reaction has helped keep the virus crisis down? It's not it's not zero or anything like that. It's a problem, but it's not anywhere near the size problem it is in other countries. So how Don't how did you accomplish that? Don't forget, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a doctor, but... <laughs> yes, you're not in government. Yes, but, exactly. uh, uh, but I think that uh, because of the uh, traditional uh, tendency to, be, uh, to, to keep ourselves very clean, often you use the uh, bath and the, uh, it's not the uh, first time we use, uh, use masks uh, everywhere. But if, when we have cold, it's the uh, customary to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, for you Westerners, I understand that the, you do not have the custom to use in your daily life uh, wear mm -hmm. mask. But the, for us Japanese, the, uh, we wear mask when we have a cold, for example, mm -hmm. some fever. Right. Uh, so the, that I presume works. And the Japanese the, the people's the, uh, way of life to keep the, ourselves the, uh, uh, clean, also the assisted. And the, uh, some other element, and the, uh, the Nobel Prize, the, uh, Mr. Dr. Imanaka says that the uh, factor X, of course, I don't know, but the, uh, I think the way of life of Japan uh, has contributed a lot. Uh, for to keep us at the lower level, but the uh, East Asia, basically Vietnam and some other countries, uh, Korea has a lower level compared with the uh, uh, the United States and the uh, Europe. So the uh, that may be the uh, some other reason. But talking about the uh, Japan, then the uh, symbol is mask. Yeah, the symbol is mask. Um, I mean, another thing that uh, people often don't discuss uh, about how it spread and 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 uh, where it spread is that a lot of that has to do with how much uh, international travel takes place to those uh, other countries and how many people are coming and going from all kinds of other countries. And, and uh, although there's, uh, of course, a lot of international travel in Japan as well and business that goes back and forth, it's not, it's not quite as busy a, a hub as uh, London or Paris or New York. Right? And the uh, Kyoto, the all okay, yes. the city of uh, Japan, the, the former capital, is almost dead. Yeah, well, because the Kyoto heavily relied on uh, on the tourists from China and other parts of the world, and the Kyoto was very crowded. It's gone. Yeah, well, you 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 may not know this, but uh, the uh, in in pop music, uh, the Grammy Awards are coming up uh, for giving out the best records. And, and one of the, the top songs that's up for it is called Kyoto by uh, a young woman named Phoebe Bridgers. Um, it's, it's, she, she sort of became a star this year, and that's her top song. And it's about, it, it's about Kyoto. So, oh, I didn't know. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So um, your, a lot of your work um, as a corporate lawyer, um, you've been advising companies on how, how to do it. In, in your novel, you, you sort of advised them about the shareholders meeting. 
but you, you uh, directly talk about minority shareholder rights, and you've written a book on, on minority shareholder rights. We have the same issue everywhere there are corporations uh, that, that the majority seems to not really pay that much attention to the minority um, in, in terms of what would be good for the minority, what, what, what would be fair for the minority. It's interesting that to me that this mirrors our, our um, social customs, which is that majorities, uh, majority cultures uh, often ignore the desires of minority cultures that live in it. But here we're talking just about business and about money, and yet the minority uh, shareholders don't often get a fair case. So how has that changed? You, you, you wrote this a few years ago. Um, what's going on for shifting uh, Japanese business towards a, a fair shake for minority shareholders? Then the, uh, then the it's changing, improving, I, I dare say, improving. Mm -hmm. Because in the old days, minority shareholders has been disregarded and stock the air market is not the place for the a, a general good people to invest because it is the, a, like a gamble. People thought in the, long before it's mm -hmm. changed and it's changing and improving. But the protection of minority shareholders has been disregarded under Japanese law. We do not have the law or the uh, legal provision which protect, uh, which uh, uh, controls the uh, majority shareholders' way of behavior. Mm. Uh, for example, the, uh, it should be a, a matter of course for you people in the, in the U.S., the lawyers, that uh, controlling shareholders are also obligated to pay due attention to the minority shareholders' rights. Mm -hmm. It's not established yet. We are in the process, and I'm a part of the uh, uh, the, uh, the lawyer who is trying to establish that principle. Uh, for example, the minority shareholders, uh, because of the uh, new development of Japanese law, minority shareholders can be squeezed out uh, the, if the majority owns the more than uh, two thirds. Then, what should be the pricing, and what is the mechanism? whereby the minority shareholders, shareholders can assert their, their belief of the fair price. And then the, whether the, it should go through the a, a TOB or some other mechanism. But we recently, just recently, have a very interesting a, a cases, not court cases, but a, a, a acquisition, two acquisitions. May I go ahead? Yeah. Go on some. Please. Uh, yeah. One is the NTT, Nippon Telephone and Telegraph, uh, Telegraph, Japanese AT&T in the old days. Uh, was, once was a government owned, and which mm. is yet NTT uh, is owned by one, more than one sound by the government. And NTT has its <coughs> subsidiary mobile company called uh, NTT Docomo. Mm -hmm. And NTT just recently announced that uh, they acquired the entire stock, all stock of the uh, subsidiary NTT Docomo. They had, they long had a uh, almost uh, well, two thirds of the stock uh, of the its subsidiary NTT Docomo, Docomo, but they recently announced. And the the interesting part is the pricing. They first said the one stock, first stock uh, for uh, 3,400 yen. But because of the independent committee's opinion, they mm -hmm. amended the price to 3,900, mm -hmm. increased the price. Right. And that is a very uh, big, good improvement for the protection of Japanese minority shareholders. Mm -hmm. This is one, and don't forget that the NTT is more than one third owned by the Japanese government. So the, this may mean, and people say, that this would mean that Japanese government is not pro-parent-children, parent-child co-listing. Namely, mm. the parent and the child are listed. At the same time, on the store, same stock uh, same stock market, 
that is uh, popular in Japan, more than 300 out of the 3,700 listed companies are the uh, parent-child relationship. Yes. And that is, I understand, is exception in your country. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, phenomenon that people um, aren't that familiar with. The, the, uh, uh, all the international corporations, too, even outside of Japan, where they have different subsidiaries in other countries, because they, they have control over those companies, they can arrange the finances. And there's nothing illegal about this. They can arrange the finances so that the profits uh, are uh, more in one country than another country for whatever reason they want for, either for tax reasons or anything. It's not difficult. It's just a matter of how much you finance uh, versus you know, how much capital you use versus how much debt you use. Um, and so uh, anything that, that uh, increases the interest in debt um, has, has really caused a large number of the corporations to go far more into debt than they did in the 1960s and 70s because it's an advantage. It's, it's, a, it's a tax advantage and it's a pricing advantage. Um, yeah, and I don't think people realize, for, yeah. For example, yeah. It, it, makes a, it makes a big difference in why corporations make the choice. Um, a lot of people think that corporations are uh, run by nefarious people uh, who, who are out to cheat everybody, when uh, basically like most other situations, a, a certain number of incentives in the law are put in place and then, and then the leadership of the corporation follows those incentives. Hmm. And in, in time, over time, it changes the way things are done. Like in the United States, that, that uh, people don't manufacture as much here anymore, for example. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, you see your influence on, on the minority shareholder situation in Japan as well. Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, in, in a, have, have any of the minority shareholders, uh, after you uh, wrote about it and had that influence, did they come to you as a lawyer and say, hey, you know, uh, can you represent me? One, one example, let me cite a second, uh, uh, the, uh, another example. That is also just recently happened. Uh, there, there is a company called Korakuen uh, Stadium, but the, uh, that is the uh, famous for its franchise uh, of the uh, Giants. The uh, most popular the, uh, baseball team in Japan is the mm -hmm. Giants. And Giants, the uh, franchise, the, the, the stadium is the, called Korakuen. Uh, the name itself is, is uh, not important. But a, a company who has that stadium uh, was threatened, uh, not threatened, warned by its minority shareholder from overseas that mm. you should discontinue this business and you should uh, invest more in this uh, business. Mm -hmm. It has less than 10%, between 9 to 10% only, but they so said. Then the uh, ISS, you know, the advisory company, and Gross uh, right. both agreed. Both said that the, uh, the uh, expressed the affirmative opinion. And they are very influential upon the institutional investors. Institutional mm -hmm. investors are bound by the stewardship code, as you know. So mm -hmm. invest in, uh, the institutional investors has to invest for the benefit of, not for themselves, but, but for the benefit of their beneficiaries, who mm -hmm. are the, uh, the uh, real beneficiary. And the institutional investors are basically for the sake of the pension fund, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, simply speaking. Therefore, the uh, they sometimes are the uh, obliged, not obliged, but they sometimes tend to vote according to the uh, recommendation by those uh, uh, ISS and their Drastigo uh, type company. Therefore, only 9%, 9 to 10% shareholders' voice moved the uh, management because the, that the 9 to 10% shareholders said, if you don't do as we proposed, mm -hmm. we will propose to terminate you at the shareholders meeting. Mm. Then you, what do you think happened? 
Then the <laughs> next action that bold or the, that company, the stadium, baseball stadium company took is they moved, they rushed to the Mitsui Fudosa, Mitsui and uh, real estate company. That mm -hmm. is the biggest Japanese real estate company. And the, uh, they became, they asked, they, they, I mean, the stadium company asked the, the biggest real estate company to be the white knight. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the biggest uh, real estate company agreed. And this is partially because that biggest share, uh, the real estate company itself, of course, listed Mitsui uh, Fudosa, Mitsui Real Estate, is owned uh, by the foreign investor by majority. So the majority of the Mitsui Fudosa owner is the uh, foreign investors. So the, uh, when they were requested by the stadium company to be a white knight, they must have the board meeting, and in the board meeting, they must have thought what is the best interest of the, of course, medium long term of our shareholders. Mm -hmm. Who are the institutional investors and who are the uh, investors from abroad? So, in that sense, that a uh, corporate governance or the corporate style, management style, is changing and change is taking place in those days, rapidly in those days. Next year, we will have more uh, similar cases. It's very interesting because um, obviously there has been international investment uh, in Japan for a long time, and um, that's happened in a lot of other countries as well. And it does influence over time. Uh, the behavior and uh, even the behavior of the government in, in political senses uh, when there's this international uh, element involved. And I, I think a lot of people who think these international corporations are ruining everything uh, don't realize that they are like a, a, a balance of power with, with the local uh, way of doing things and also with the governments uh, and how they're doing it. It's not, it's not all... Uh, international bribery and so on. It, it's influenced because of how people have done things in other places. Uh, we, we met uh, 22 years ago um, in, when, when uh, the AOBA transaction was taking yes. place. And, and uh, that was uh, at the end of the, the uh, 90s when the life insurance companies in Japan uh, were in trouble because of the investments. Uh, they were in, in, in trouble, trouble, but their, their uh, um, balance sheet uh, wasn't looking so good uh, it, because of the investment and they had promised to pay out 3% on their life insurance policy, something like that. Um, what was interesting uh, was that uh, we were, uh, you were the Japanese lawyer, we were a couple of American lawyers, so Bill Marku uh, was working with us uh, on it uh, in charge of, of the project from the United States. And we had uh, Jean-Claude Demerval and Gilles Ariolan uh, representing Group Artemis, uh, which is a French company owned by the Pinot family. Uh, yeah. Just one thing about the Pinot family, I don't know if you, you noticed, but when Notre Dame, uh, the, the cathedral burned, uh, uh, the son of, of uh, the Pinot that we worked for, uh, he stepped in and offered $100 million to help uh, repair it right away. So it's that family. So we, were, um, we worked on this, and it was the first uh, acquisition of a large Japanese company by a, a foreign company. Right? That, that was the, one of the presents that said it was being bought by a French company. But the interesting part of it that I think people, you know, the, the habit in Japan that was so interesting to everybody else was that all of the uh, insurance companies were under, uh, in, in an association. And because one failed, all the other companies had to uh, pay in to help make sure that the company didn't fail. In the United States, the example would be if, if MetLife and New York Life and some of the other big insurance companies, if Prudential insurance was starting to fail, that they would have to give money to Prudential to make sure that it didn't fail. It sounds very un-American. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I was sort of curious that that worked out. It was an interesting, very interesting transaction um, and, and made uh, many of us lifelong friends. But in addition to that, uh, how has that influenced What's going on in Japan? Are there more companies owned? You're talking about minority shareholders that are foreign. Are there more companies that are owned by foreign companies now, or, or has that always stayed small? Uh, the more companies the, uh, are owned more 
by foreign companies or foreign investors. No doubt mm -hmm. about that. And the talking about Alba or the life insurance company, that mm -hmm. has been tightly controlled in the old days by the FSA, financial uh, agency, or the, at that time, Ministry of Finance. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, that is a kind of a, 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 the, a just a uh, operational a branch of the MOF or the Ministry of Finance, people yeah. said in those days. But that was a, the result of the natural development of the Japan after the World War II. After the World War II, I said that thanks to the uh, U.S. assistance and aid, and of course the uh, you invested for the, uh, the profit, but we welcome the investment and we welcome the technical assistance, and we uh, have successfully grown to the extent of the Japan as the number one state. But at that time, we have to stop stop at least exporting the as much number of cars to your country. Then mm. what happened is the bubble here in Japan. And the bubble means that the, uh, the uh, enormous uh, uh, growth of the price, increase of the price of land, real estate here in Japan. Mm -hmm. And that is the big way to the, in which the, uh, the former NISA, which was the uh, change to the overlife, but uh, life insurance companies, has invested or the speculated in the area of the not only the Japanese real estate because the to the to those who are accustomed to the Japanese and high price of Japanese real estate at that time the foreign real estate and the foreign assets looked very inexpensive so they rushed to invest so you remember that the Japanese one of the biggest real estate company bought a uh, Rockford Center. Yeah. And some bought a, uh, Empire State Building and some bought right. Columbia Pictures. In those days, and, but natural result was that it bursted. It burst. Because it's economy. So, and that is the start of the, again, the, a, a, a rehabilitation, so to say, of the Japanese economy, and the, in the year of 97, 98. By the way, the 97 is the year uh, I wrote that number, but also the year the, uh, you started, started working. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in Japan. And in 98, the, we successfully reached the uh, m and agreement. But that is the restart of the Japanese the economy after the burst. And the burst means that come, uh, banks lost the power and the government or the bureaucrats uh, lost power. Mm -hmm. Of course, it took years, not immediately. But now we are improving, I say, because the old Japanese system led by the bureaucrats and the government is fading away and we are now becoming more the uh, liberalized uh, economic system. Mm -hmm. Although we do not have, for example, the uh, uh, confinement or the uh, of the uh, controlling shareholders' behavior, but we are in the process and how to protect the minority shareholders fairly. Uh, those things are now in front of us. And we are the, in that sense, we are developing again from mm -hmm. the time of the, from the long lost 30 years. You may not know the word lost 30 years, but at first we said, after the burst of bubble, around the year of 91, we said lost 10 years and Koizumi came, but we right. continued losing. And then, and then, and then we lost 30 years. Lost, I mean, your GDP or the, Non-Japanese developed, uh, developed companies' GDP hiked. Right. Stock price jump us lot. Comparatively, we okay. had we occupied the sixteen percent of the entire world the GDP in the of eighty-eight. Now we have seven percent. Yeah. Uh, now I I think it's interesting, and we're going to go to another big issue here. 
in Asia, because I think a lot of people who follow Japan um, and what Japan did, and, and as you said, in the late 80s, it was like, oh, is Japan going to take over the whole world? Because they just bought the Rockefeller Center and, and the Pebble Beach Golf Course and so on, um, and, and didn't realize that was because the investments in Japan weren't producing enough response, etc. There's a lot of reasons for it. Um, but I'd like you to compare that to China, because uh, some people say, well, if we give China enough time and they develop slowly, uh, or not, they're not developing slowly, but if they keep developing, that, that their one-party political system uh, will eventually lead to more uh, you know, liberalization and more openness. Um, they're obviously very interested in the economic growth, but Japan wasn't a, a communist government in charge ever, but it was a very influential bureaucracy and you know we, we can't really count the bureaucracy in China as communist anymore. They, they, I mean, they may call themselves that, but they don't really behave that way. <laughs> so, so do you see parallels? Do you think the people, because right now the United States is facing a big issue about China. Do we, do we consider China to be another Japan that will keep growing and over time as the economy keeps growing that they will liberalize and become you know, less uh, of a black government um, and more of an open, a more open society, or are they going to just get all that power and have it all in the hands of of, of a few people that that run the the, the whole country? So, with do, you, do you see parallels, or do you see contrasts, or both? <laughs> with the hope that you are correct in expecting the day a modern the day, uh, free China, but AF. my answer as of today is no. Mm. Japan and the China are different position. Uh, you me refer back to the leaders, the uh, trap. Mm. When we reached the Japan as number one stage around the year of the 80 or the uh, late 80, we were totally again relying upon you for security, national security. China, look at China. They are independent. They have their own uh, nuclear uh, weapons. So I do not think that you, you can expect a good solution we, Japan and the United States, reached uh, late the uh, 20th century, uh, last part of the 20th century. Mm. I do not think we can, you can. And that is a big concern to us Japanese, a, a country we are located between China and the United States. Yes. So the, uh, we do hope and that the China will be uh, liberalized as we are, but that would not happen. And if the, that, not, that doesn't happen, then what happens between China and the United States? Within 10 years, you may fight. And what you to, if you to fight, what, what would happen to us, Japan? Mm. That is the, a, a big, the, a, big, big concern of ours at the a, Japan in, a, as a country. But therefore, the, a, we do hope that you can have a good, successful solution to change China and the, uh, demo, then China to become a country of democracy and liberty. But I cannot be optimistic. Yeah. So if, if you were put on your most optimistic hat and said, what should Japan and the United States do, say, use North Korea as a, a way of getting to China and saying, we, we are going to, as you said earlier, we're going to give China, I mean, North Korea confidence that they can stay independent from China. And how are we going to convince China that that's a good idea? Uh, they, you, you may not succeed to convince China, but meanwhile, but uh, you can uh, convince North Korea that the uh, guarantee by the United States is good enough to give up or to, uh, to forget the nuclear weapon. And that will automatically mean that North Korea will suddenly be a, uh, have a, a good 
uh, rapid growth of economy. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, the, uh, they can, uh, China will start respecting North Korea because then the North Korea is between China and the United States, as a, not as a, a poor country uh, all having a nuclear weapon, but a, a prosperous company without nuclear weapon. And that is, I think, within the, a, our circle. That is the democracy, not democracy as such, but mm. a, a, at least neutral vis-a-vis -vis the a China US relationship rather on the side of the U.S., because if the uh, North Korea is the open for the foreign investment, then the U.S. will go and we will go. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that Japan would, would invest in North Korea along with the United States in order to, to produce that economy over a 20- or 30-year period? Yes. Yeah, but that's, that, would be, the best, that would be the best foreign policy that we could all do for North Korea. Yes. Uh, but only the U.S. can uh, make it happen. Only the U.S. can lead it, yeah. I hope that uh, President-elect uh, Biden uh, just heard that conversation. And uh, that's a, a, a great way uh, to end uh, another event of the Commonwealth Club. Thank you very much for joining us from the future in Tokyo <laughs> the, the next day. Um, and it was a wonderful conversation with you, Shin. Um, and so ends another event of the Commonwealth Club in its 118th year of enlightened discussion. Thank you very much for joining us. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support.